welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. So good to be here. We are launching our brand new series for the month and uh, we're reminded that we have been created by God for relationship with Him and relationship with each other. And I'm looking forward over the rest of this month to digging deep into what it means to have a vibrant, life-giving, life-empowering relationship with the living God and out of that to have vibrant, life-giving relationships with one another in every area of life, whether we're married, whether we're single, in our families, even in our acquaintances, our workplace, our relations, the schools that we're in, whatever situation, circumstance we find, we're connecting people in, there is a grace for us to live above and not beneath and to be a blessing in each and every circumstance and situation. And as we get ready to launch in, I just wanna share a Scripture that I just wanna allow to set the scene. I'm gonna come back to this later in the message, but I'm talking to us today about relationships matter. Can you say that with me? Relationships matter. Listen to this out of Romans 12, verse nine to 18. Let Love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, instead associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought. Do what is honourable in everyone's eyes, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I'm going to come back to this Scripture in a little while. This is a challenging Scripture, something that I haven't been able to get out of my heart for a while, ever since I knew that we were launching into relationships in July. I think relationships are vitally important. I believe that God has a lot to say about relationships I believe He has a lot to say about how we can enjoy healthy relationships and how we can live in such a way that whatever relationships we're connected with, the good, the bad, the ugly, in the midst of it, we can live in such a way where it does not hold us back, it does not limit us, and it does not affect us from powering on into the life that God's called us into. I believe that's possible. I don't believe it's a given. I don't believe that it just happens automatically. I believe we actually have to apply Scriptures like I just read and allow that to work for our life. But as we do, it's possible to live in a way where we add value to people's lives without even an expectation that they add value to us. I believe it's possible to do life with people even if they're not doing life with you. I even believe it's possible to be above even the hurt, the pain that people would dish on us and be so far above it that we can minister from a God perspective and bring His love and His grace to any circumstance or any situation. I believe it's a different level of life, but I believe it takes work. I believe relationships matter because they take work and work takes focus, determined cultivation and effort. And I'm believing that God's gonna be working 
in us as we continue to deepen our relationship with Him and with each other. Is that okay? But to get there, I have to just share some things that have come out of my research recently as I've dug into relationships. I wanted to have a look at what have been the most popular TV shows in Australia recently. And I gotta confess that I live in a bit of a bubble as far as media is concerned. I live in a bubble of NBA basketball games, John Wick movies, and every children's show that's possibly available to men. That's the season of life I'm in. I can just squeeze in NBA basketball games, as many rewatches of John Wick as I possibly can, and every possible children's show that's available to mankind. My little girl Zoe has even found weird shows that are in Russian and she loves it. Her accent is starting to change. We have to be careful. The most popular TV shows in Australia last year. So the ratings are done at the end of each year. So I'm running off last year, but I believe it's carried on to this year. Where the top three were reality shows. And reality shows, I hear the groans, are so interesting because what they do is they put real people into real, but yet they're fabricated circumstances. <laughs> and they turn on the cameras and they just allow us to watch what happens with some very healthy editing along the way. And so these shows are far and away the most popular, the most influential, the ones that are most commonly talked about in workplaces, at schools, at homes. And so the top three from last year, if I could just unpack them with you. Number three was a TV show called The Block. Who likes The Block? Wow. The Block at the end of the day is about teams of two competing with each other to turn terrible real estate opportunities into beautiful real estate opportunities. Healthy show, healthy competition. A lot of beautiful things made. Love it. Number two on the list is a show called My Kitchen Rules, where teams of two are competing against other teams of two to see who can cook the best meal. Isn't it amazing that we have cooking competition shows? Who would have imagined this 20 years ago? My gosh, and that show's amazing, but what they do, they take it a step further from the block is that when the cameras are rolling, they make sure they take the the, the, the competition, the, the people in the competition away so that they can share what they really think about the other people. Not face to face, but just with everybody else. But the most popular show takes it to the ultimate extent. It's a show that was called A Social Experiment where they took teams of two and had these people marry each other without having met each other before. (laughs) Married at first sight. Now this is not a commentary on married at first sight. I have to be honest, I have never seen an episode before. I need to. (laughs) Fantastic. And I I have to be a little bit honest, our relationship series, while it's called Relationships, does look at marrieds, acquaintances, families and singles, and it's a little bit of a play on maths. Why is it important? Well, it's far and away the most popular show in Australia, or was. And it's a show that puts the good, the bad and the ugly on complete show for everybody to see. 
Now, without me having watched it, without me giving you a commentary, without me leaning over Andy and saying, you should not be watching it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Here's what I will say. The show's premise is that they bring people together that have been unlucky in love and relationship experts supposedly match them up with their ideal mate and set them up in a non-legally binding marriage ceremony. It's non-legally binding. And then they play it out over the next couple of weeks to see if they'll actually stay together. Do you know, funnily enough, this TV show does not have a high success rate. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. It It has a very... Very, very, very low success rate, Andy. And maybe that's part of the game. Maybe that's part of the reason why the show is so popular, is that instead of setting people up for the opportunity of success, maybe the relationship experts know something about setting people up to clash. And for us to be able to watch it along the way. Whether you love the block or love My Kitchen Rules or love Married at First Sight, It just goes to show that here in Australia, we love watching relationships at work. We love seeing everything we can about it and we love having some commentary along the side. And I think it just goes to show how valuable relationships are to us. That we would even put ourselves through watching on television the worst of the worst play out and hope to goodness that's not us. But some of that is in us because we become what we surround ourselves with. And I believe that found in the Word of God is a way to live above it, beyond it, and be such a good influence on the relationships that we have that we can turn things around. I'm so thankful that the Bible does not shy away from the complexities of human relationship. That the Bible has a warts and all approach to the relationships that we have with each other. You know, the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, the book of beginnings, is a book, among other things, that covers relationships in various degrees of breakdown. You have the very first man and woman, Adam and Eve, who when they are put to the test, descend into a game of blaming one another for a mistake that they've made. Any married couple here, I don't know about you, but I've become very good with Rhiannon with the blame game. She's perfect, I'm not. Points. Points. The next key relationship we see in Genesis are Adam and Eve's children who are brought up in a circumstance where Adam and Eve have made a mistake and played the blame game with one another, have ended up separating their relationship with God. And then you see their sons, Cain and Abel, descend into a bout of jealousy where a brother kills a brother. It doesn't stop there, the book of Genesis going on in human relationships and the breakdown that we experience so often. Do you even see about a man called Abraham who was called the father of faith, the one who responded to the call of God, who left his homeland to go into a new land, the father of faith. There's an account of him travelling through a foreign land and having his wife, his beautiful wife, Sarah, noticed by the ruler. And instead of Abraham standing up and saying, hey, that's my wife, don't be making no eyes at her. He says to the ruler, oh, that's my sister. And lies because he didn't wanna get into a fight of defending his honour of her. Thankfully, God intervened and had this ruler have a dream before he entered into anything that would have violated the married relationship. Abraham lied father of faith. 
It doesn't stop there, it goes on. There's the account of Jacob and Esau, the twins, where Jacob, his name means deceiver, and he actually takes Esau's birthright by deceiving his brother. Book of Genesis, relationships. Doesn't stop there. Jacob's son, Joseph, is bold enough to share a dream that he had about the future with his other brothers. And the other brothers loved him and supported him so much (laughs) that they bound him up and sold him into slavery. What do we have here in the very first book in the Bible? The blame game, jealousy, deceit, lying, abandonment. Boy, isn't that a picture of human relationship? And what's the hope? I believe that it's the heart of God for us to live in a way where we add value to all relationships, regardless of the value we get in return. Where we're able to do life in such a way with people that it does not matter if they do life with us. And I believe that it's possible to live above each and everything that's thrown against us, regardless of who does it. Because I believe God created us not to be completed by the relationships we engage in, but to actually complement one another. There's a big difference between completion and complement. Do you know, there's a prevailing narrative that says, if I just get the right spouse, I'll be completed. There's a prevailing narrative that if my kids are perfect, everything will go well. There's a prevailing narrative that says if the boss just notices me and says enough good words about me, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll finally start to feel good about myself. That the prevailing narrative out there is that the relationships that I'm engaged in exist so that I can get what I need. I need this and you need to give it to me. And if you don't give it to me, what value are you to me? That relationships are a transaction by which I'm looking at you and I'm expecting. I'm expecting of my wife. I'm expecting of my kids. I'm expecting of my work colleagues. I'm expecting of my boss. I want you to give me what I need to be complete. But what if God did not design relationships for that purpose? What if it's a mutual thing where we come together to complement each other? Because I promise you in each and every relationship, we will be disappointed. I can't complete my spouse because I binge watch Netflix without her knowing. (laughs) I can't be completed by my kids because my little boy Flynn, who's 18 months old, has forgotten how to sleep some nights and he brings out the worst in me instead of the best. I can't be completed in the workplace because there's always something that needs to be done. And I'm always looking for something more. Then what do we do? If relationships don't exist to complete us, if they exist to complement us instead, how can we approach the way that we live? I, I gotta bring it up there. If I can come back to this scripture, Romans chapter 12. How's everybody tracking? Are we doing okay? Romans 12. This portion of Scripture, Romans 12, 9 to 18, is written by a man named Paul, an amazing first century leader of the church who started new churches all throughout the ancient world. And he gets wind of a church in a city called Rome, the most important city at that time of a church that he did not start himself, that he had no relationship with directly. And he writes a letter to them to establish a connection. 
And this letter is the most beautiful letter, one of the most beautiful things captured in Scripture where Paul unpacks what it means to know God and understand who God is. But he also starts to unpack what it means to live in relationship with each other. And so that's what we find in Romans 12, verse 9 to 18. If I could have a look at this, I just wanted to unpack before we finish today some key thoughts that stick out to me. Now, this is not everything that's captured in this Scripture because I think if I were to spend all my time unpacking everything in this Scripture, it would take me all day. But just some key things that jump out and stick with me. And when they stick with me, they cause me to want to apply it to everything I have. Romans 12, 9 to 18 says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Can you say hypocrisy? Detest evil, cling, can you say cling, to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honour. First thing I wanted to bring out of this Scripture, if I can, is that we should seek to enter into every relationship by desiring to add value. Love, cling, show. Love. Let love be without hypocrisy. What does that mean? The original meaning there of that Greek word hypocrisy means to be sincere instead of unsincere. That in fact, this Scripture is saying to us that we should enter into relationships with a desire first and foremost to love sincerely. And I gotta say to you today, that is a decision that we make. That is a decision that we make, that I am choosing to say that you are more valuable than me. That my sincerity is built up on what I believe about you. To love without hypocrisy means that I choose to put value on you even above myself. To love what is sincere means that I am willing to find the things in you and I hope you're willing to do the same with me that are worth love. And the truth is if God loves you, as much as He loves me, what reason do I have to not love you in return? Then the currency of the Kingdom of Heaven, each soul has equal value. It all costs the blood of Jesus. So if you are worth the same as me in the economy of the Kingdom of God, what right do I have not to love you in return? Love sincerely. What value do you put on each other? What value do you put in your marriage, in your families, in the workplace? in the relationships that we find ourselves in. It says to cling to what is good. Why is that? Because it's so easy to cling to what's bad. It's so easy to play over in my mind over and over and over and over again what this person said about me or even the innuendo that I read between the lines. Maybe they didn't say it about me, but maybe it's what they didn't say that I'm stuck on. And I'm clinging and I'm holding on to and I'm gripping this thought and this feeling that's causing a division that you have no idea about. So what do I do instead? What should I do? What's the heart of God in this matter? Don't cling to that, cling to what's good. Cling to what's good. There's so much good in one another. I remember when I was a youth pastor, one of my young guys come up to me and he was talking about his friends and he had a faulty understanding of what it meant to be a Christian in his group of friends. And he said to me, Chris, I'm so challenged because my friends are good people. And I thought that they should be bad people because they don't know Jesus. Now, of course they're good people because everything God makes is good. There's value there. They're worth it. 
And so celebrate the good, celebrate the good, take hold of the good and discard the other junk that comes along the way. Love sincerely, cling to what is good and then show, show honour. Honour is something that we don't regularly live by nowadays. Honour sort of means to respect, but means to esteem. My picture of honour is actually to be somebody else's cheerleader. To cheer one another on in a way where you're not trying to take the other person's glory. I would say for this thirst for on love, cling, show, it's about adding value. Are you adding value to your relationships? Or are you looking for them to add value to you? If you're looking that way, you will always be disappointed. You know, it's like McDonald's. When I used to work at McDonald's, I was a McDonald's manager for a number of years and we used to teach our people at drive through and at the front counter to add value to every order. Here's how they would add value. Bit of an oxymoron. Here's how they would add value. We would teach everybody who is in a customer service role, whenever somebody places an order, make sure you suggest to them what they could also buy, even if they don't suggest that they want it. That's where the term, do you want fries with that came from. (laughs) In a McDonald's system, it means to add value. Here's the truth. It's not actually adding value to you. It's adding value to the business. It's actually got nothing to do with you about your benefit, about what you need. See, the truth is those large fries are there in the warmer, regardless of whether you buy them or not. They were not made specially for you. You just happen to come along. And the system is set up in such a way that they need to sell them before they get cold and get thrown in the bin. If it's a good McDonald's that doesn't reheat them constantly. We can tell the bad McDonald's, can't we, darling? The name of the game is to add value by taking. Do you know how easy it is for our relationships to descend into that into day-to-day life? Where instead of showing love sincerely, instead of clinging to what is good, instead of cheering one another on, it becomes so easy to say the transaction of this relationship is what you give me instead of what I can give you. Why don't we shift the narrative? Because there is no relationship that will complete us, but instead we can complement them and build them up. Does that make sense? Can I keep going? Second thought that I want to draw out of this Scripture, if I can go on, just jumping ahead. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Here we go. Bless those who persecute you. Can you say Bless. Bless and do not curse. That includes swear words. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Second thought I wanna draw out. Three words, bless, celebrate, cry. Can you say that with me? Bless, celebrate, cry. The thought here is to do life with one another. You know, the challenge is, To be willing to do life with people regardless of whether they do life with us. My wife, Rihanna, and I have the honour often of meeting up with couples before they get married. And our way of doing pre-marriage work is basically we get together with one another beforehand and we make a list of all the mistakes we've made in marriage and all the lessons we've learnt 
and we share out of that. Because the reality is, for a healthy marriage, we've had to learn how to celebrate with one another and for each other. We've had to learn how to cry with one another when things aren't going well. But most of all, we've had to learn how to bless and not curse one another. When everything would say, I should give back what you've given to me. The challenge is that we need to do life with each other, need to be willing to do life, regardless of whether somebody's willing to do life with us. I have my best man, my best man, who, who was one of my greatest friends, every single year, almost to the point, forgets to call me on my birthday, but I always remember to call him. And by bringing it up, you think, well, Chris has an issue there, but maybe I do, a little one, but I've never mentioned it to him. And I'm not gonna tell you his name so you can't share this podcast with him. <laughs> but I love him, love him like a brother. And I'm gonna do life with him, regardless of whether he's doing life with me. And that's the trick sometimes in relationships, we get into positions where we value people more than they value us. And that makes it tricky and that makes it hard. But if you go into a relationship with the mindset of I'm here to add value regardless of what you're giving to me, you don't get hurt, you don't get disappointed, you don't get let down because I'm being to you what you need so that you can be powered on to take hold of all that of which God has taken hold of you. And I know it's a different way to live. I know that it's against the norm. I know that married at first sight does not model this for us. But why don't we take the Word of God and say we can model the love that God has for us amongst one another, regardless of whether people honour it or not. Can I share the third point as I bring this to a close? Rest of this scripture in Romans 12. Weep with those who weep live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, instead associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. I mean, that in itself would take half a day to unpack. What do you mean I can't repay somebody who stuffed things up for me? Well, if you're living out of that model of life, then you're seeing relationships as a transaction where you're trying to draw the value that you think you need. But what if you live in a different way? Where you're at work and you're mistreated and somebody's saying bad things about you and instead of defending yourself by attacking them in return and ratcheting things up, you say, my God is my defender. And I will live in such a way that honours Him first and honours one another and He will vindicate me. You break the cycle. I will not repay evil for evil. Because God did not do that with me. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. He had every reason to consign me to a life apart from Him, but yet He provided every way to make it open. Repay. What are you repaying? It says, give careful thought, do what is honourable in everyone's eyes. Give thought. I'm convinced one of the biggest issues we face in life that hinders our relationships from being fruitful and growing is distraction. Do you know on average, we touch our phones every six minutes? Means in this message, there would have been multiple touches of our phones. <coughs> Thankfully, there's no MBA on today. Hey, Greg. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we do live in a world of distraction. Distraction. 
And it's interesting that Paul would mention that one of the keys to healthy relationships is give thought to one another. Actually put yourself in somebody else's shoe. Actually choose to think about what they need. What can you say that's going to make a difference? And you can't fix everything. I'm not expecting us to go into every relationship saying, I'm Mr. Fix-It. No, instead, what can I do to compliment? How can I love? How can I celebrate? How can I mourn with those who are mourning? How can I bless instead of cursing? What can I bring here? How do I give thought? I'm convinced that the best arguments Rihanna and I have ever had come from the fact that I haven't thought it through. And by best arguments, I mean the worst. (laughs) Repay, give thought. And the last thought I wanna unpack here says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, who does it depend on? Who does it depend on? You for you and me for me. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with who? Everyone. Everyone. Peace means to cultivate harmony, means to protect and nurture a mutual agreement. If possible, as far as it depends upon you, as much as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. What does that mean? Well, as much as you can do, as much as you can do, as much as you can do, do everything you possibly can to live at peace with everybody you know whether in your marriage, whether with your family, whether with your work colleagues, in every circumstance, in every situation, bring it to bear as much as it depends on me. At least at the end of the day, I can say whether that relationship is healthy or not or established and strong, I've done everything I can do. Ultimately, that's the best that we can do. And God trusts us with that because it takes two to tango. And God's okay with that because He's given everybody the freedom to choose how they respond to Him and to one another. He's comfortable with that. All He says is do everything you can do. I have a rule in Monterey's marriage that I have to be the first one to say sorry, especially when I think I'm right. I learnt this rule watching my parents growing up in a non-Christian family where they would often fight each and every week and threaten to divorce each other, where Dad would lock himself in the room for a few days and we would not interact with him, that things didn't turn around until one of them said sorry, regardless who was wrong or right. So one of the agreements I entered into my marriage relationship with with Rhiannon was I would be the first one to say sorry, especially when I think I'm wrong. And I do not always mean it when I go to do it. But the moment I open my mouth and I try to do it within 10, 15 minutes of me cooling down, we're able to start moving on. As much as it depends on you, who are you living at peace with? I know you're not always gonna get the response that you wanna desire. I know, I know, I know. But if you're getting disappointed, it's because you're looking at relationships and the wrong transaction. You're looking for them to complete you. They're not going to complete you, but you can compliment them Here's the truth as I bring this to a close. The one relationship that you are wired for completion in, that all this relationship mess should highlight is the fact that you are built with eternity in your heart. And there is one relationship that will complete you above all because it's designed for that purpose and it's your relationship with the living God. That Jesus calls you friend and He says, I chose you, you did not choose me. 
that Jesus believes in you even more than you believe in Him. It says that for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and has sat down at the right hand of Father God. What is the joy for Jesus? The joy is you. And Jesus has entered into a relationship with each and every one of us where He is seeking to add value regardless of what value we add to the Kingdom of God. Where He is seeking to do life with us so that we would live with Him, know Him and be transformed by Him. And above all, He's wanting to show us how to live above every circumstance and every situation we face along the way. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.